Welcome, everybody, to your all-time favorite podcast in the world, and arguably, as it has been said, the most useful show out there, Persuasion School. My name is Jake Savage. If this is your first time here, very grateful to have you with us. You can learn more about me on the bio of whatever platform that you're listening to this podcast on. But a quick snapshot here is that I'm a former door-to-door salesman. I knocked on almost 100,000 doors before helping launch a sales company with some other amazing people. My job there was to build and train a national team of salespeople. And I was the president for the last three years uh, leading up until 2021. And during that time, we hit some fun milestones. Like we landed our company's name on the Inc's list of the 500 fastest growing companies in the nation two years in a row. And they just did it again in 2021. So kudos to them. Fantastic. I actually wanted to uh, transition and launch my own consulting business, something I've been wanting to do for a very long time in the beginning of 2021, which is what I did. So now I leverage a decade and a half of sales experience and corporate sales experience to help nonprofit fundraising teams win bigger donations. I really wanted to work with anti-trafficking organizations. That was what I felt like was my calling. So I was able to use all that sales skills all those sales skills uh, to help nonprofits. So that's what I'm doing for work. Also for work, I'm currently training a guy who weighs over 450 pounds to lose weight and complete a full Ironman in 2024. Pretty nuts. But that's been a lot of fun. Today is day 78 of working together with him. And you can follow that journey on Instagram. So that's that's some of the stuff I'm doing. And then with this podcast, we teach the masses how to get more of the things that they want in life how to be a more effective communicator, influence people to take action, get yourself some raises, get yourself some dates, some promotions, uh, sell more, fundraise more, recruit more, whatever you're doing. This pod, I I consider this podcast just like, this is, we're talking about life skills here. This is one of the most important skills that you can have in life is to positively influence the actions, the behavior of other people to make change. But a lot of people listen for various reasons. And uh, to that point, thank you all. I said this a couple episodes ago or maybe last episode, but we have been landing Persuasion School at the top of some Apple podcast charts, which is pretty dang cool. We've been uh, we've been growing a lot, but to see it in the top 10 in Belgium is cool. Uh, Number 30 in the UK on Apple podcast. And these are all under the marketing category. So. That's fine. If you want to learn how to be more persuasive in your marketing messages, great. Whatever works for you. But this is the place to come. So it's Thursday, which means that I've put something something together. So I've either put something together from my own personal experience in sales, or I'll pull something fun from the world of psychology or neuroscience on just what we can learn from them in order to, or how the mind works, mindset, how the brain works, things that we can tap into uh, to be more effective communicators. As you can tell, I still have a ways to go. I get ahead of myself and tripped up over my words often. Also, I get excited on this podcast. So you don't have to be the best or a master communicator. Just we're on the path to becoming more effective communicators. That's the goal. So that's either that's one of the things that we will have done on a Thursday or I'll interview somebody. Hopefully awesome. And we learn from them how they influence other people to take action. It's been a crazy life season, though with everything else going on. So I have not interviewed anybody in a while, but I'm getting uh, some good feedback on a lot of the other episodes we've done recently, which today is going to be continuation of that. People seem to be digging all these psychological studies that I've been sharing. 
And I have a huge bank of those from all the books that I've read over the past few years. And I, I love those just as much. So I wanted to carry on with the psychological studies. Last Thursday, I talked about the power of conformity and a study that demonstrated people are willing to give an answer that they know to be wrong just to conform to the people in the room, to the group, whatever. And that's incredibly powerful. Also, that was one of the first ever episodes where I talked about the power of influence in a negative way being used on us. So don't get confused. I wasn't saying we're talking about how to conform, get other people to conform and change their answers. That's not the goal. That's for us to to be on the lookout for that so that we can stay true to ourselves. That was a negative form of, that's really manipulation. That's not even persuasion. That's, that's manipulation. If, if an entity is trying to get you to conform and Now that you've heard that study, my guess is you'll start picking up on that in a lot of places, Uh, mostly online, via social media, as it pertains to politics and all these other divisive issues that are going on. Conformity is everywhere. So just something to be on the lookout for. Anyways, had a lot of fun with that and um, got some good feedback. So wanted to carry on with another super fun study that has stood out to me for a while now that I think you guys will dig. All right, so we'll go ahead and jump into it. But before we get to the study, I've said this on the past couple episodes at the very end, which some of you guys probably skip. You hear me say, all right, that's all folks. And then you wrap it because you know I'm going to say the same stuff usually as we wrap up the episode. Totally fair. But in case you're one of those people, I want to say this now in the front so you hear it. Right now, all of us, uh, at least in the U.S. and I know a handful of other countries, we're starting to experience this return to freedom, right? Or some, some variation of that, some form of that. And that's based off of everything that happened in 2020, right? Many of us were being quarantined. I don't care what you believe, what side of the fence you're on. Quarantine happened. Lives were changed your, your regular routine was probably interrupted in some way, shape, or form, regardless of where you stand on COVID. And now, clearly, that's changing. As restaurants are opening back up, people are traveling more. People are seeing friends and family they haven't seen in a really long time. Um, but there's, a, there's an entire people group that's not going to be experiencing that, and that's victims of trafficking. And that you know, it's people that I, I talk about all the time on this podcast episode. I want to use this this platform as a way to get that message out there. There are millions of people held against their will. I, I got into it. That's an even longer story, but had firsthand experiences meeting these people that had been victims of sex trafficking and forced labor trafficking. And it's real. And I'm like such an advocate for freedom and liberty and being able to do what I want to do. I I struggle if anybody tells me I have to, even you know for a job, showing up on time somewhere, like I just want to make my own decisions. And the thought that there are human beings out there that not only do they not get to make their own decisions, they're, they're held against their will, usually for years at a time, performing unspeakable acts. And if it's within our power to do something, then I believe that we should do something. And that's what I want to do. So last year I held this run. We had a bunch of people show up. A lot of people donated. It was great. And that was able to go towards organizations that are dedicated to fighting human trafficking. And I want to do the same this year. So I'm going to do something that I've never done before. It's uh, it's pretty big, but it's got to be big, right? If we're going to fundraise for it, it has to be something that you're not totally sure you can do. Like I, I feel deep down that I'm sure I can do this, but 
Still, it's never been done before. And I think this is a great opportunity to fundraise. Also, to have this mission at the forefront, knowing that I'm not just running for myself and for this this accomplishment, but when things get really, really tough during this run, I'll be able to think about the why. You know, we're, we're fundraising for a greater purpose to serve people that uh, are less fortunate, less privileged than us. And also people that have to suffer, you know, enduring, ongoing suffering. So it should like minimize the the short-term temporary suffering that we're going to experience during these types of runs. But anyways, a 50-mile run, that's, that's what I want to do. The furthest I've ever gone before is a marathon, a few of those, 26 miles. So this is double the furthest I've ever gone, and it's probably going to take me 10, 10 or so hours. It's going to be a big deal. And I would love for people to participate. But anyways, you, you can participate in three ways. This is going to be the Freedom 50 is what we're calling it. You can run with me if you happen to live in the area. I'm running the CNO Canal from Point of Rocks, Maryland. Uh, the CNO Canal is like a gravel path all on the Potomac River. It's pretty beautiful. So I'm going to start in a place called Point of Rocks, Maryland. I think we'll probably start at 5 or 6 a.m. on November 13th. And then run 50 miles and you're going to end, we're going to end in Georgetown. I say we, I don't know if anyone's coming with me yet, but it's going down. I'm going to finish in Georgetown, which is a neighborhood of DC where the CNO canal comes to an end. So 50 mile run, you can run with me if you want to. We'd love to have you. We've got a few people asking about it. Uh, next option is virtually. If you want to do all 50, fantastic, but you don't have to, but I would still encourage you to get out of your comfort zone and suffer. Like that's the point. Do something that you've never done before and then ask people to fundraise. Uh, I'll have like a fundraising page up where you can go and you can contribute that way. And your friends and family that want to contribute can contribute there too as well. So run with me, run virtually, or just invest, invest into this fight. We're fighting the good fight to hopefully save some people. But the the organizations that are fighting human trafficking, it's not always saving and rescuing. Sometimes it's uh, restoration, working with survivors that have been through it. Sometimes it's preventative and education, educational measures that are being, uh, that are happening. So anyways, various forms, and that's what's required to tackle a problem like this. So you can, you can invest. I would ask for 50 bucks. It's called the Freedom 50. If you're not going to run, I would love for people to donate $50 uh, but if you want to go more than that, great. If you want to go less than that, <clears throat> might be okay. But I think you should just cough it up and go for 50. So anyways, that's going to be a lot of fun. Freedom 50, November 13th. Would love for as many people to participate as possible. When we're 30 days out, October 13th, that's when I'm going to start pushing it hard on social media and trying to get other people to push it, et cetera, but wanted to let everybody here at Persuasion School know. All right, everybody, let's go ahead and jump right into it. You probably want to hear about this psychological study and how it's going to help you be more persuasive. Let's do it. So let me start by saying this. There's a closing technique that I'm a fan of. There are like a million closing techniques out there. And a lot of people want to learn all of them so they know how to handle all types of situations. In reality, and that that's how I was in the beginning as well, like when I first started learning about all this stuff. But over the course of the last decade, I've realized I could just utilize like one or two and just adapt them per the situation. And this is one of them. It's called the companion clothes. And it comes from, well, the first first time I ever heard about the companion clothes, and I think that actual term itself was coined by this guy I like. His name's Zig Ziglar, who is now deceased, but he was a sales trainer, but also just a motivational speaker throughout the probably late 70s, definitely 80s and 90s. And 
he, I think, was just kind of revolutionary as a man of integrity and character in the sales world where that was lacking heavily in the 70s and 80s and 90s prior to the personal computer when customers couldn't look stuff up for themselves. Salespeople were snakes. Uh, but this guy was just uh, a very solid man, and he trained other people how to love others and serve others through sales. And so one of his closing techniques was called the companion close. And so essentially what that is, is if you've got somebody that you want to persuade, you're selling, you're fundraising, you're recruiting, you're asking this person out on a date, whatever it is, right? And you feel as though you alone will not have the ability to do it. Maybe because you lack credibility, excuse me, you lack credibility in the eyes of the stakeholder. Maybe you personally lack credibility, maybe your brand lacks credibility or your product lacks credibility, but you're not fully there. And if you were to go and have this conversation with them, you're pretty sure that they would say no. So what the companion close entails is identifying another individual as a companion, doing air quotes here, to come with you and help you seal the deal. So, and, and that's been very helpful for me. Right. If I've if I'm trying to win over the CEO of an organ of a food or beverage brand, right, with Basemakers, that that sales company that I talked about, and I really wanted to sell them on using our service, if I felt that I didn't fully have the credibility, at least the perceived credibility from their standpoint, to close the deal, I would try to bring in somebody else, and maybe that's a the CEO of another brand that they're friends with, or maybe it's the VP of sales that they're very close with and they trust. If I can win them over, and I have them take me over, uh, like take me with them to go speak to the CEO or have them hop on the phone with me or whatever the case is. <clears throat> so that's the companion close. And in like I did that for one in the base makers world. Uh, a good example would be at trade shows. You know, you go to these monster trade shows with thousands of food brands there and we would have a ton of our own clients and then of course a bunch of clients that I really wanted to to get them on board. Uh, the base makers train. Some of the brands, by the way, that we worked with, you guys might be familiar with. <clears throat> the biggest ones would be like Health Aid Kombucha. If you've seen that around, it's it's everywhere. I don't think there's a store that doesn't carry it wherever you go. And then another one would be RX Bar, you know, that, that uh, protein bar with the ingredients on the front. I'm sure you've seen some of those. So we worked with natural brands like that. And if I wanted to get another brand on board to use our service, one thing I would do at the trade shows is I would go to one of our current clients and I would just catch up with them, say, hey, and then I would ask them if they knew of any other brands, maybe like the CEO. It's kind of a tight knit industry, even though it seems big. Once you're on the inside, it's really, really small. So I would ask these CEOs, hey, do you know of any other brands that could use our service uh, based off of your experience with us? And hopefully they'd rattle off one or two like, oh, yeah, I was just chatting with Sarah or just chatting with Steve. Like, I think they could definitely use a service like Basemakers. So instead of just saying, OK, thanks, I'll go talk to them. I would ask for a personal referral and ask them to walk me over to that booth. I would say, oh, that's fantastic. Do you have like three minutes by chance? I know you're super busy, but would you mind walking with me over to Sarah's booth and just making the introduction? Most people never say no to that. And so that would be my form of the companion close is I now have a CEO who has extremely high credibility in the eyes of another CEO, one of their colleagues, walk me over to that booth and personally introduce me. So that's that was one of the things that I did. And then, of course, in the door-to-door world, 
if you, I mean, that was part of my whole spiel is at the very end after they bought the product, it's not going to work if they don't buy it. If they bought the product, I would say, do you know of any of your neighbors that could benefit from this same service or this same product? Then they would list off a couple and hopefully if they were close by, I would say, okay, fantastic. Well, would you mind just coming with me over to the Johnson's house and just introducing me to them personally. And it was an easy way because as soon as the door was opened, it was no longer just a stranger, me right there. It was th- their neighbor plus the stranger. And it, and it helped to add a little bit of, cre- at least lend a little bit of credibility to me. I was borrowing it from that campaign. All right, we got this idea. Good, let's keep going. <clears throat> so we we know that a companion can help us, but the psychological study that I'm going to share with you guys highlights who we need to be going after in terms of the companion. So whatever world you're in, sales world, fundraising, recruiting, marketing, I don't know, whatever you're in, think about that individual or the entity, that the stakeholder that you would like to persuade, that you'd like to influence. If you feel as though this episode is already going to be beneficial, like you need to get somebody else to go with you, this psychological study will help us to consider, okay, who should I ask in particular? It's not enough to maybe just grab a neighbor, any neighbor, or any CEO of a brand. What if there's a specific neighbor that would be helpful? What if there's a specific CEO of a different brand that I could have walk me over to that booth, right? That's that's where this comes into play. All right, so the study comes from a, a school in Melbourne, Australia, called Latrobe University. And this is relatively recent, 2001 is when this happened. By the way, found this study. There are like a couple really great books on all this stuff. And one author I've probably mentioned a good bit, his name is Jonah Berger. So got to give him credit. This is from one of his books called Catalyst. And uh, yeah, if you're super interested in it, would highly recommend going to read it. All right, but I'm going to share with you like a lot of the studies from that book. So if you're not a reader, then you can just keep listening to this podcast. Latrobe University in Melbourne, Australia. Students were asked to sit in a room and listen to a funny audio track of a stand-up comedian. All right. So you go into this room. Nobody else is there. Nobody. There's a two-way mirror for people to observe what's going on. But nobody else is there. You throw on a pair of headphones and you listen to a stand-up comedian. The goal of the study was to try to understand how social social influence impacts our laughter, right? Will we laugh or not laugh or how hard will we laugh dependent on social influence? So there were four different versions of the study. In the first version of the study, the subjects listened to the audio track without any laugh tracks included. Okay, so they would just listen to the stand-up comedian, and that was it. And this resulted in some laughter at some of the jokes. The second version of the study, or in the second version of the study, the psychologist added a laugh track to the same stand-up comedian audio track. Just something that you hear from like a standard sitcom. So when the laugh track was added in, the test subjects did laugh more. They laughed along with the laugh track and they laughed harder and more than when there was no laugh track. Okay, so the laugh track made a difference. So that's some social influence. In the third version of the study, the psychologists told the test subjects that the people, that, well, first off, they said, hey, you're going to listen to this track. It's of a stand-up comedian and there's a live audience there. So you're going to hear some other people laughing. But just so you know, the people in the live audience are actually from a different political party 
than you. So now they know that the laugh track is from a group of people different from them. Now, this didn't result in less laughter. This is Australia, though. (laughs) I think in the U.S. there's a good chance nobody would have laughed had they known the people from the opposite party uh, were laughing. But at least in Australia, during the jokes, when the laugh track occurred and the people knew all the people laughing were from a different political party, it resulted in the same amount of laughter as version number two, which is just the standard laugh tracks, no association to a particular people group. And then in the fourth version of the study, this is where things got interesting. The test subjects were told by the psychologists that the people in the live audience that are laughing along to the jokes of the stand-up comedian, uh, they, they told the sep- test subjects that those laughing were other Latrobe University students. So again, in version number three, they were told, hey, the people in the live audience are from a different political party. So it's people different from you, different views. Last version, version four, there are people in the live audience that are laughing. You're going to hear them when you listen to the stand-up comedy bit. And just so you know, all the people in the live audience are Latrobe University students. So the exact same as you. This is where things got crazy. Version number four resulted in people laughing. Guess how many times as long in terms of length? Think of a number in your head. Four. People laughed four times as long when they heard people similar to them laughing than anything else. No laugh tracks, regular laugh tracks, or laugh tracks from people with a different view. So the whole point of this study was to show that we are uh, shaped by this social influence. And it heavily impacted even the laughter. Like these people continued to laugh longer knowing that the other people laughing were similar to them. It's also fascinating to me that they used laughter in the first place for this study. You know, something that we probably would think is outside of our control. You know, if something's a little funny, you laugh a little bit. And if it's super funny, you laugh a lot. But this study showed that our interpretation of how funny something is depends on the people around us, this social influence. So anyways, what do we do with this info? Like I was talking about earlier, the companion clothes is a great way to borrow credibility from somebody else in order to influence or persuade your particular stakeholder. The point of this study is that not just anybody else will work. And of course, maybe now that I say it, it seems obvious. Well, duh, you got to find the right person. But a lot of us skip that step. You know, if you want to ask for a raise, you might, uh, and you feel like you're not going to be able to win that battle in a meeting just between you and your boss. Maybe you would grab another manager to come vouch for you. But you need to first consider whether or not your boss respects and looks up to that particular manager. How close are they? And if they're not as close and maybe your boss respects, trusts, or looks up to a different manager more, you might need to spend some time winning over that particular manager. And then you can link arms with them and go approach your boss. So really what we're going to do with this information is just sit down and be a little bit strategic before we reach out to our particular stakeholder. What are some of their traits? What are the things that they like? personality traits, hobbies, whatever, who are some people that we know in their world 
that we can first win over and then have them come with us to go approach that stakeholder so we can borrow that credibility from them. Food for thought. Man, I love these crazy psychological studies. And just seeing how much of our behavior is shaped by things that we are so completely unaware of. It blows my mind. But anyways, hopefully this was helpful. If you do have any questions, feel free to reach out. We'd love to hear from you guys. And if you have a question about your particular situation, like how to tailor this exact uh, topic that we went through today to your exact situation, pop onto Patreon, patreon.com slash persuasion school. I have a members only Q&A podcast there where people can ask questions and I provide an answer just for them. And those people can all listen to each other's questions that are asked. So this is a, it's a subscription. It's four bucks a month. And you can ask any question and you can cancel at any time. So you could pay four bucks to have me invest my time, love, blood, sweat, and tears into making something just for you. You could do that and then cancel right after. That would be fine. Uh, otherwise, it's just four bucks a month. So I would recommend doing that if you'd like to learn more. And then if you have a much bigger project that you need to work on, would also love for you to reach out. And we could work one-on-one. I've had a handful of podcast listeners reach out to me for all types of uh, work. They all involve, of course, crafting compelling messages and winning over a stakeholder. But the people that have reached out are from all different types of industries. So if that's something that you need help with, I'd love to work with you on it one-on-one. All right, as we wrap up, hey, if you like the show, would encourage you to review the show. Helps go a long way. Uh, just to help spread the word of Persuasion School to more people. So if you're somebody that feels like you learned something from the show, you can help others learn from the show as well when you rate or review it. It's going to get in front of more people. I already mentioned the Freedom 50. Would love for you to consider participating in that uh, to some capacity, whatever that may be, whether it's uh, it's contributing, whether it's running virtually or it's running with me in person. Would love for you to be thinking about that. You have a couple weeks before we make that formal and we get the uh, the what's it called? Donation page thing with the, like the meter and the goal, all that stuff live on October 13th. And, uh, I think that that is pretty much it. Yeah. All right, cool guys. Have an awesome rest of your Thursday, Friday weekend, and I will catch you next week. Adios.